0: You are listening to What Are You Looking At? My name is Lisa Campbell-Smith. Contemporary Art Tasmania is now in its 25th year of supporting, mentoring and presenting exhibitions through its curatorial mentorship program. The program has been designed to assist a curator to gain knowledge and experience in all aspects of developing a public exhibition and producing an exhibition catalogue. As part of the mentorship, the recipient consults with curators, academics and industry professionals from around the country alongside resident mentor, Colin Langridge. The recipient also sits on the CAT program committee to gain insight and experience in the decision-making processes that determine the CAT exhibition program. In this episode, we will hear from three recipients of the curatorial mentorship, Scott Cotterall, Sarah Jones, and Caitlin Farger, who will discuss their practices as both artists and curators, attitudes around the role of the curator and experiences working with the CAT curatorial mentorship. Here, Scott Cotterall, an Australian-born interdisciplinary artist and curator who did the mentorship in 2005, talks about the crossover between the two roles.
1: I've been practising since about 1998, and for me the roles of artist and curator have always been completely intertwined. I've always made a lot of different things and still do. Video, live sound, painting, sculpture, exhibitions. My first group exhibitions were self organised and initiated, and I've always made experimental music alongside visual art. So, programming events and having this together, curating artists' works and acts, always made innate sense to me. I guess early classic clues from things like pop, data, fluxus, happenings, the exploding plastic inevitable, and survival research laboratories meant that I was always thinking in a kind of expanded or performative action framework or looking for multiple ways to be active within art. I also maintained, I guess, a continual interest in what I'd call gallery craft, which for me encompasses all the aspects of exhibiting art. So the making, planning, installing, writing, publishing, commissioning, funding and selling, all the other bits in between. So part of it for me is about navigating and seeking to understand different types of social and cultural systems within this larger machine. Part of it's about just making something with what you've got wherever you are at the time. I guess for me too, occupying different roles and modes within the art machine helps me feel grounded and embedded within it rather than subjected to it. I tend also to use curation to expand on or spend times with ideas that are bubbling away in my studio practice by noticing tendencies in the work of others and drawing attention to them.
0: Artist and curator Sarah Jones did the curatorial mentorship in 2009. She is currently based in Melbourne, completing her PhD.
2: Yeah, so I think, um, I I always think of um, being an artist as something that I kind of chose um, deliberately and curating as something that I maybe um, like sort of stumbled upon accidentally or or found myself in because of um, a, s- a circumstance or an, an opportunity. And um, it came really early in my practice. So I um, had the opportunity to curate an exhibition uh, just as kind of finishing my bachelor's degree. And I, you know, so I hadn't really spent any time practising as an artist uh, outside of art school before I found myself. Um, kind of learning what it meant to curate and deciding, you know, oh, maybe there's this opportunity to be a a curator. So in terms of the the crossover between being an artist and being a curator, it's definitely something um, that has grown together. I definitely wasn't an artist who then, you know, made a conscious choice for curating or vice versa. And I guess in that way it's been part of a, a kind of a practice that's shifted maybe from, you know, performing through uh, kind of sound recording and, and writing and um, the making process maybe informed by curatorial practice has always been the process of research, which I guess is where I find myself uh, now is in, is in is very much in a research-based practice and it might have been because of those sort of curatorial beginnings, I think. And I guess in that way it's a... I mean, it sounds really general, but I guess all artists are kind of addressing conversations around their works um, or trying to generate those conversations. And, um, I mean, I guess at times I've, I've wondered, you know, what what is it about me that uh, wants to talk about, like, why the artwork or, or what for for an artwork rather than just sort of being content making them, and that's, what drives research-based practice. And um, yeah, curating is, a, I guess, another kind of a manifestation or an output for that kind of um, curiosity, which I think is
0: really important. Caitlin Farger is the most recent recipient of the mentorship. Also an artist and curator, her exhibition Remember is currently showing in the gallery at CAT.
3: So my practice is about following histories of materials and looking at sites um, and specifically the materials that a site might hold. So um, for me, I've been developing this methodology of kind of starting with a place and making sure that the work is really site-specific, especially when you're talking about, um, I'm really interested in talking about sort of climate change and capitalism and colonial colonization so for me those are such big subjects it's kind of hard to know where you even want to begin so if you sort of start at a site and work from there you have it sort of takes away some of the pressure maybe um but also it means that you can tell a much more engaging story it's for me it's about finding these materials and then looking at what those materials hold within them so maybe it's minerals in clay or perhaps it's a certain shape or texture or form and then finding out what that form or shape might mean and um it's a bit of a a bit of a research wormhole sometimes I find myself in and you start looking at um the history of that um material and it kind of it takes a long time to know where what the interesting part of the story might be and I guess It's, for me, it's about being flexible and not letting um, my understanding of the material, um, kind of jade material wants to say. talking about how I like to curate shows. And um, for me, it's about um, in a way that, like in the way that you would let the material um, have its own say and but artists are made of clay, but <laughs> <laughs> but working with artists and being flexible to the stories that they want to tell and not letting your judgments or your idea for the show um, be you want know, to you want to let the artists um, be flexible and and it's this understanding that artists are always developing their practice and and I, maybe being an artist myself ha, um, makes that ring really true that I'm always working um, forwards and learning new things and when you start working on a show and you start working with an artist they might be doing one one way of working and then halfway through the development of the show they're like oh I've actually started working with this material and I want to change my whole idea and and you have to go oh okay cool like and what does that mean for the show and what does that mean for the other artists in the show and I think it's definitely based on trust and it's, it's trusting your your intuition that you wanted to work with that artist for a particular reason um, whether that's the materials they use or the stories that they are telling. But it's also trusting that that artist has, you know, their way of working and you have to trust them and understand that they they know themselves and they, are, you know, by having that conversation with them, you're learning more about each other and you're, it's like opening up this really supportive and encouraging space, right? rather than going, oh, I don't know, I don't like that idea, or that doesn't fit in with what the other artist is doing. But it's like, if, and and for me, it's also about like making sure that the artists in the show have um, connections as well in a relationship and having those conversations as a group rather than just like the curator and the artist. And then it's my job as a curator to tell the other artists what they're doing. I think it's, it works really nicely when The artists will get together with you and you kind of talk through your ideas together and it's this
0: like sharing space. As there are inherent hierarchies in most institutional frameworks there is also much dialogue surrounding more open source democratic structures within arts organisations and ways of rethinking the way we as part of these institutions can make exhibitions. Over the past two decades Sarah Jones and Scott Cotterell have both worked in many facets within the art world. They have not stuck to one role and have both independently navigated careers as performer, writer, curator, artist and have also worked behind the scenes in various institutional roles.
2: I have been really lucky particularly with doing their cat curatorial mentorship in that I've had um, like multiple opportunities to engage actually with cat specifically in a in a kind of a range of modes so i guess in a really practical way the first exhibition that i was involved in was um, a kind of an artist collective curated show there um and uh then i went on to um like sort of curate the the group show with the um as part of the mentorship with colin language as my mentor um and then i had the opportunity to uh Co-curate a show, actually, with um, Philip Watkins, which was um, a really interesting process. You know, like a, so I guess with the with the artist collective mode, there's a, there's always this kind of like, you know, democratic. Uh, well ill ease maybe I would call it <laughs> like in this constantly circulating and bubbling conversation and the results are always a kind of a really interesting sort of eclectic performance of maybe what's happened in those curatorial conversations and then when you're co-curating you kind of have that on a really intimate um, kind of scale. So you, you have much more of an opportunity to come to um, an agreement of maybe something that's closer to how you had imagined it or how you understand it. Um, and also, you know, the capacity to um, to be pulled further away from where you began when you kind of have this only other, this one singular voice. And then I guess in terms of the mentorship, um, being a, the, the single curator of a, of a group show, those conversations really have to happen Um, with the artists more, which is also um, really valuable that rather than having this kind of overarching idea or premise that you can be really um, faithful to, you have to um, allow the artists in a way to sort of re-communicate that premise back to you as they kind of make works, if there are new works being produced to the show, or I guess it's your responsibility with um, works that are already made that you'd like to include to be able to uh, communicate your premise really clearly to an artist so that they feel really satisfied about the way that you're contextualising a work.
1: Through my career, I've made some really conscious efforts to try and embrace many models and types of engagement from artist-run initiatives, which I've been heavily involved, state and federal government-funded spaces, heritage spaces, large private organisations, and kind of total DIY grassroots practices. For me, again, it's been about trying to form a holistic and continually growing understanding of the many and varied ways in which art happens by trying to be involved across a lot of types of work. So I'm trying to kind of continually work across within and through these systems and they've got a spectrum of resources and formalities and modes and often these present as the hierarchy. I think hierarchies are not often truly visible from the outset or the outside of a system or an organisation and often you're not aware of all the intricacies and possible pathways for you to travel until you're midway through navigating that system. So as an artist you know you're not often aware what you can get away with until you push that edge. You're not always aware of who the key stakeholders are until you bump into one or offend one. Um, Each system I've worked with has really vastly different circumstances. Models that I think work really well or that are inspiring, I think definitely the collaborative, board-centred models used by a lot of artist-run initiatives can and do achieve really amazing results with very limited resources and with a really changing external environment. They're short time, high energy, their batteries, they create interesting outputs. I think the growth of the private museum model, because it often has greater financial autonomy, often sees disruption as competition, and can have, I guess, a less encyclopedic collecting interest than federal museum, can create really innovative exhibitions also. And I feel like while currently underrated regional and local government galleries and their programs, their public programs have a real opportunity to bridge and share and develop audiences within the community, they're often seeking innovative content but not aware, I guess, what's happening always on the ground or what fits slightly outside the norm. So I think artists and curators should engage with these spaces and really use them as that bridge.
0: Caitlin Farger is in the early part of her career as an arts practitioner, also holding multiple roles within institutions and as an independent curator. A crucial part of her methodology and vision is to attempt to hold an open and democratic space for dialogue.
3: And I think, you know, as a curator, I always like to think of myself as just on the very on very much the same level. And um, you know, I've only curated two shows, but in those two shows, I like to think that I'm on the same playing field is as, as the artists and we all have equal roles in the making of the show and especially like even in writing the essay about the show I think of myself not as like the curator looking on to the artists but just the writing is just another aspect of the show and when I you know mention the artists I often like to sort of mention myself alongside them it's like this is our idea this is our show rather than this is my idea and these are how the artists fit fit into it because as soon as you're commissioning new works or having conversations it makes the process longer and means you have to pay the artists more which is sometimes (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so it can be scary and i and i think yeah that by when you work on smaller shows, you can kind of work from the ground up and show larger institutions better working methods and maybe that'll trickle upwards. (laughs) I think like some bigger institutions are slowly working towards those working methods. Like I know that at the Melbourne Museum, the new Aboriginal wing of the museum, the process that they went through to create that was, really community engaged and it meant that the process was really slow because it was going to going back and forth between these um, representatives from all the different language groups in Victoria and you know going back to elders and asking advice and of course that process is going to take so much longer than going oh let's find um, one academic who's a researcher to do all the work for us but you're having multiple conversations and you're traveling a lot more and it is gonna be you know, more time consuming and resource heavy. But in the end, the exhibition and the information that's presented in that wing now is true to the people that, or as far as I know, true to the people in, who, wanted, who created it. And um, it's, I don't know, it has so much more power.
0: 2020 was derailed by COVID-19, and in terms of the arts, the pandemic has taken with it a tonne of projects, plans, gigs and paid work, and provided a huge jolt to how we think, work and respond.
1: Yeah, absolutely, pandemic has in- impacted my thinking around my practice in a few ways. I often make sort of topical or situational work by appropriating or mixing or uh, turning content from the mass media. So there's a tendency to take, make and share quick and dirty fragments as this pandemic news cycle ramps up and morphs. And But I guess balancing that urge with not being flippant or insensitive is challenging given the real human cost of what's happening. A reasonable portion of my output kind of plays with production modes outside the traditional studio maker object relationship. So using tools like outsourcing, publishing, other distribution modes for the work. So I guess this element's been interesting to explore and think through what a remote or isolated practice might look like. Observing big media and big business try and pivot towards messages of compassion, unity, shared responsibility and hope. It's been interesting given that their messages usually fairly singular and rapacious. I enjoy using atmospherics and evoking themes like obsolescence, mortality, the density and weight of time, the making strange of the mundane or found. So I guess there's also a balance here of trying to avoid, I don't know, a tendency to make sort of heavy, doomy, end of the world boy art, by which I mean I guess sincerity and hope is difficult to project when everyone's freaking out. Uh, validly to various degrees about family, work, and money.
3: The restrictions came in a month prior to the show or maybe even three weeks so it was like we were at the stage of just like ramping up to like get ready for install and then suddenly it was just like put the brakes on (laughs) Um, and it was sort of unknown when it would open again. Um, So it's been interesting just kind of going well let's just take a pause and reflect and or even just switch it off completely in our brains Um, and it's almost been I think really beneficial for all of us just to kind of pause and um, sort of really think about what we were actually making and what we were doing and the show is about or well it started off being about um, healing and care and um, my personal experiences of healing and then it's Definitely not necessarily about that at all anymore. It's been really interesting with the whole COVID thing and how relevant it's really become because, I mean, one of the main things that people have been saying during the pandemic is, you know, this has been a a halt on the system that we've all been living in for so long. And what does it mean to come out of this? And what systems do we want to keep in place? And what systems do we want to completely change? And for me, what this show has become is about like, a new way of thinking and putting care at the forefront of that thinking and you know we live in a world where climate change is so scary and so real how does caring for a place change the way that we work and change the industries that we fund and it's on a larger sense but then it also comes down to like caring for the people that are in our society and how do we um how do we do that and what does that mean
2: because I am kind of taking this idea of like maybe research-based practice to its to its extreme, and I'm you know at the in the final stages of writing a PhD, I am probably extra isolated <laughs> in my own way, and so maybe I'd already kind of entered this period of iso that then the rest of the world has been forced into. Uh, I guess. Um, I w- I've been really lucky to have been able to study overseas and to have been able to um, work in international contexts. And I can imagine that that's like a huge concern for a lot of people um, making and curating and exhibiting. You know, how do you access audiences beyond the local? Um, but I guess. Um, you know that that's just that that becomes another consideration that's in your mind. What is it a local audience? What does it mean to have a local audience, and how uh, will you will you work to to satisfying that, or or to being satisfied with
3: that as well?
0: I asked all three recipients what their take-home from the cat curatorial mentorship was.
3: It's been yeah, it's been a big learning curve, and I did before I did this one, I had. Um, a curatorial mentorship with, ship with Constance, um, Constance Ari and that was really good and founded a lot of... I, I'd never curated show or even thought of myself as a curator before that, but that helped me understand that I really... And I've always known that I've liked working with people but that kind of set in stone a bit more. Um, and this one has just given me a little bit more confidence comfort- the one with cat has given me a little bit more confidence, and maybe it's the maybe it's the time that I've been able to spend doing it. It wasn't the constant one; was like a three month turnaround, whereas this has been over a year. <laughs> and by being able to go visit um, mentors as well, I had three different mentors in Sydney that I went up and visited, and that was a really awesome experience.
2: I guess. Um- I mean I guess I've talked a little bit about the fact that've I've been able to work um, with cat you know on multiple exhibitions since. So that relationship with, a, with my local you know, contemporary art space has been um, incredibly valuable. I think um, it, you know having the confidence to engage with an institution and having the familiarity to engage with an institution, Um, is only a good thing and, you know, in as much as it can kind of build really important friendships and relationships, as it can encourage you to question what it means and and to have that local space and what you think that local space of value is and can be. So I guess um, in a way, like, it sounds really obvious, but the opportunity to critically engage with a contemporary art organisation right from the sort of the very beginnings, like being a very young, the curator selected for this mentorship in my case and then you know progressing or, or trying to grow a kind of a career in the arts always with this um dialogue with a space that you know c- could have remained um you know unnoticed or inaccessible or less important than it when it has You know. It's, it's, really enabled me to examine what it, what it means to have art institutions and what it means to be able to question or criticize or work critically you know or love those institutions and I think I've probably you know in the in the many years since the mentorship have done all of those things with Cat, and that's such a huge privilege and I think probably the the best thing that came out of the mentorship for me.
1: My takeaway so my show surface was 15 years ago it was the first practical project management I'd ever done. It was the first time I had multiple people scrutinise my ideas and writing. It was the first time I had really sought to tease out and frame and combine interpretations that I saw in the work of others. It was also the first small run publishing project that I'd engaged in beyond kind of zines. Super broadly, my takeaways were what you think about what you see matters. Trying to articulate what you see and why you think it matters is important. Putting things together expands connections between them and allows an observance of how they differ. Space and the location of things within it is important. And lastly, forging an idea and seeing it through to resolution through the feedback and criticism of others doesn't necessarily dilute it. It can often give it breadth and consideration.
2: I guess that's the like the testament to the success of the program is that it's sort of constantly reinvents itself you know like every curator and every mentorship and every show does something really different and i don't necessarily mean in that kind of you know spectacle um way but it sets up a really different field of relationships in in the building with the space with a new group of artists and yeah i mean something can't go for 25 years if it doesn't have that kind of renewed value every time so it is a that is a long time
0: you have been listening to what are you looking at this podcast is produced by pip stafford and myself lisa campbell smith the sounds featured in this podcast were made by scott Cotterell and selena de and a special shout out to our colleague colin langridge for his work with the curatorial mentorship program For full bios for the speakers and links to their projects, please find information on the digital programs page at contemporaryarttasmania.org.au.